listen. Yep, yep, yep. This is a podcast. It's the Macaw Podcast Universe. You know us. You love us. You love us. And yeah. we cover film franchises. 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 Yes, we do. And we exist to what? prove people wrong when they say sequels are never better than the originals. And we. And I'm Jordan. And I'm Micah. I tried to come in hot. And then you brought and the I energy. came in hotter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we have been going through Ongbok, mm-hmm. a Thai martial arts series. And one of the most unique series I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, and we're talking about the third movie. Yeah. This is our little break from Star Wars. And I would say a very refreshing break. Yeah. I'm I'm back and refreshed and ready to watch the rest of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this movie, Ong Bak 3, Ong the Bok trilogy Three, subtitle, the movie of montages. Yeah, this movie's wild. Uh-huh. So what I want to do is I want to talk about an overview of the series a little bit. Uh-huh. I do think that it is insane that there is a movie that takes place in the 2000s and there's a man who is trying to get this statue back. Ongbok. Ongbok. And that is the plot of the movie. He gets it back. That's Ongbok 1. And then for a sequel, they don't say, hey, you know, what can we do with this other guy and his continuing adventures? They go, no, what if we go back 600 years into the past in the 1400s and explain what the Ongbok statue is. And I gotta say, as far as a series decision goes, I think that is one of the wildest and coolest decisions I've ever seen. I agree. Usually, we want prequels to maybe dive into characters' backstories. Nah, nah, nah. Yeah. We're going back to learn about a deity. And I think that's the strength of this, because we talk so much, especially if you've been listening to Star Wars, where... You get into these traps with prequels, especially with characters where things just don't match up. Timelines don't match up sometimes. There are examples of good prequels. There are. But even, you know, something like Captain Marvel, a movie we both really like. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, the movie has to explain why Nick Fury lost his eye from getting Mm -hmm. scratched by a cat alien. And it's a little like, huh, really didn't need that. I never really wondered, but now I know. Yeah, and if I did wonder, I would think maybe it could be something... Cooler? Better than, like, a joke. Uh-huh. So you avoid that whole thing by explaining why a statue was made. Uh, It's crazy. Yep. And we discussed in two, as a quick refresher, how the, the production was really troubled. Yeah. And this was supposed to be, like, there would be Ongbok 1, and then there would be Ongbok 2. No Ongbok 3 No Ongbok 3. But there was a lot of production problems. The craziest uh, production I've ever read about personally. Yeah. Besides Apocalypse Now. Yeah. Uh, and if you have not listened to that episode, that's your teaser to go listen to last week's episode. Uh-huh. Because it's insane. There's a kidnapping. There's all this craziness. Um, well, apparently, quote, there was not a kidnapping, end quote. Mm-hmm. But it's all crazy. And this leads the studio to go, Ongbok 2... We can't keep hemorrhaging money. We just have to end it. Yeah. So they end on a cliffhanger, like sort of cliffhanger, and then they use unused scenes from their shooting of Ongbok 2, and they shoot some more scenes, and then two years later, Ongbok 3 comes out. And one thing we said in the last episode was, I hope that Ongbok 3 doesn't feel like that's what they did. Yeah. It definitely feels like that's yeah. what they did. It does. There's not enough story to support Ongbok 3. Well, it's almost like there's too much story, weirdly enough, and not enough action. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, But, but, I mean, it is just so many montages, though. (laughs) I know, which we're going to detail every single one of them. Yeah. Uh, But what, what I remember from last week, too, is that when they had those problems in the production, they decided to bring in a character played by, um... Uh, what is his name? Please help me. The Crow. What What's his name? The character name? The actor's name. Dan Chupong. So they bring in Dan Chupong after 
Tony Ja has been gone for two months, and then they film the crow sequence that's in Ongbok two. You mean three? Two. That crow okay. sequence at the end of the movie with Tony Ja. So Tony Ja leaves the set. Yeah. When he comes back, they bring in the second director, Panny Riti, Panna Riti Cry, to finish the movie, and they decide, hey, we have a new martial arts star. What's his name again? Dan Chupong. Dan Chupong. Let's put him in this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So that leads me to believe that this movie, which is features this crow a lot, and I thought was going to be a lot cooler, um, would like had had they been able to make just Ong Bak two the way that they had intended, like the crow wouldn't have been involved. Yeah, and there probably really would have only been another like twenty minutes of him getting that last guy. Yeah. Uh, so I would think that pretty much all of this movie is them being like, well, let's make it a movie movie length. Yep. And let's write this whole crow thing that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Anyway, that's that's my setup on that. Yeah. What what are you, what are your big picture ideas thoughts here? Yeah, I think that the this third movie just feels like a lot of filler, which usually you feel that in this in a second movie sometimes, uh-huh. but uh, just feels like they're just milking every storyline way too far, and there is heart not near enough as much action, and no. then our main character like basically reaches enlightenment and um, goes to, to confront the big bad guy. And he's like mercilessly killing people. And it's like, this seems a little weird for a guy that just reached like enlightenment. I know. Or yeah. a form of that. And then they do the whole breaking dawn thing. Yeah. And it's like, nope, he just envisioned it. And it's like, that just feels like an excuse to do some more bloody action. Yeah. Which for an action movie, I don't care because that's what I've been wanting the whole time. Right, right. But do you, do you know what I'm getting at story-wise? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that was like one of the rare moments in the movie that actually works. Yeah. Um, But also the special effects in this movie are crazy bad. They're yeah. like they're like 90 CGI bad. Yeah. And this is 2010. Yeah. I mean, it's it's pretty rough. Um, It was still kind of a fun watch. Oh, yeah. I... I still enjoyed every every part of it, even though it was just crazy on how much they were milking stuff. Yeah. Well, like, I felt like in Ongbok 2, it, it, like, I could see a certain type of person watching that movie and laughing at the movie. To me, I was just there for it, and I thought uh-huh. it rocked. Uh-huh. And it was so great. I mean, reminder, he fights a real alligator. Come on. Yeah. Runs on elephants. Come on. But this movie was like, there was a certain point, and I, I don't remember exactly when it was, where I imagined like, oh, if we had our friends over right now, we would be like pointing at the screen and laughing at this movie. Yeah. Like all together, and we'd all agree, because it's, it's it got pretty bad. I, I think, too, the Dan Chupong playing the crow. Yeah. He does some, uh, he does those like ticks things. I oh, mean, he, he's doing movements like a bird. I get what he's doing, but it, it, it doesn't feels work. like so dated. Yeah. Because even if you make the same movie today, I don't think a character or an actor would be doing that. No. Well, and I think, I, I can't remember this guy's name, but the town, the town, like, for lack of a better term, like, lunatic. Yeah. Is really bad. But it also feels like they didn't know what to do. So they're just yeah. throwing this guy in the scene because he's funny. Well, and it's it's also too bad because it feels like that character in the in the other movie, it didn't feel like they were going for this in the one scene he's in. But in this, it feels like they're going, look, he experiences a disability. Isn't that funny? It's how yeah, this no, movie weird. felt to me. And it was like, I don't like that. It's weird. Um, I just don't like how he didn't play the character in a sympathetic way. He played it as like, look at me. I'm funny. But I, it's because. I just felt like this is for the kids. Yeah. Type so, of humor. It really was silly. And I just think, uh, as an acting job, it was very unbelievable and horrible. Mm-hmm. Like he was, he was. Every scene was like, no, don't cut back to him. Mm-hmm. But we'll talk about him further. So I tell you who made the movie. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's directed by Tony Jaa and Panna Riti Cry, as was the last movie. Uh, it's written by those same two guys. The cinematography is by Nutawat Kutikin. Uh, music is by. Turzig Japan, Japan, I mean, and it comes out May 5th, 2010. 
it makes $1.3 million in Thailand and $2.2 million worldwide. Wait, wait, wait. What was the budget? Didn't okay. see it anywhere. Okay. Um, yeah, which is a bummer, but I, I, you know, it must have... I bet they didn't get as much as the last movie. Well, I, I, I get the impression that they had a lot of footage that they were able to use mm-hmm. from the previous shoot. Mm-hmm. So it's probably it's probably mostly like any uh, my guess i'm just taking a wild guess like anything with him in a beard and anything with the crow is probably new footage mm-hmm. so that is a lot of the movie but a lot of it's like okay you stand here and just make a couple movements and then we'll get a day of you doing that mm-hmm. and then we can move on <laughs> um and on friday may 28th of that same year that it came out Ja rode an elephant to a Buddhist temple in Surin, Thailand, where he shaved his head, took vows, and was officially ordained as a Buddhist monk. What? Yep. Really? Yep. Uh, but that's a fairly common Thai practice, I guess. Oh, okay. I, so, it's like he did, spent some time at a monastery mm-hmm. for a couple of years, and then he came back Oh, wow. That's movies. very interesting. Yeah. But uh, that's all the notes I have on this movie. Okay. This movie had little to no impact. And because it's basically the like the same movie as the second one. Yeah. No new actors. I didn't cover Dan Chupong the last time who plays the crow. That character's name is also also Booty Sankai. Uh he is in Monster Hunter. He's also in the first Ongbok. Just as Bodyguard 4. Oh, yeah, that's his first credit. Okay. E- ever. Um and then he's in this movie called Dynamite Warrior. And I gotta okay. show you a picture from it. But first of all, this is the premise. And he's the star of this. And this came out in 2006. The story is set in 1890s Siam. Siang Dan Chupong is a young Muay, Muay Thai warrior and rocketry expert who steals back water <laughs> buffalo <laughs> taken from poor Isan <laughs> farmers by unscrupulous cattle riders. He is searching for a man with a tattoo who killed his parents. I'm gonna need. I caught it all, but I'm gonna need a, a playback on that. The story is set in 1890s Siam. Siam, Siang, Dan Chupong is a young Muay Thai warrior and rocketry expert who steals back water buffalo taken from poor Eastern farmers by unscrupulous cattle riders. He is searching for a man with a tattoo who killed his parents, and this is the image that I saw. <laughs> He's a rockets expert. Let, let me show oh, you. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> He's riding a rocket in midair. He is riding a rocket in midair. Okay, this could be cool. Uh huh. That's kind of a oh, cool I bet, image. I bet the action's so good in that movie. Oh man, from the creators of the Protector, born to fight in Ongbok, Dynamite Warrior. That's crazy. Wow. Okay. Well, put it on the watch list. We're watching that. <laughs> I bet it's a disaster, though. I bet it's a disaster. Well, I bet disaster. The, the story is so bad, but. The action, there's got to be some cool action in that. Yeah. So that's it. Okay. He's in other stuff, but those are the highlights. Okay. Well, I guess let's jump into the movie. Um, So it starts off, and it's just a lot. So it's showing it with this, like, blue filter, scenes from the last movie, basically cut like a trailer. Yeah. And it'll show a little bit of a fight and stop the image will stop and then it'll kind of fade into it. And then like the credits are slamming onto the screen, mm-hmm. um, which made me think, okay, this is going to be pretty intense. Mm-hmm. I was not, they did not deliver on that mm-hmm. promise, but it's reminding you this movie though. Say what the last one is way more epic than I could ever think it would be like an epic tale. Yeah. It's such a big movie. The last one. Well, yeah, kind of both of them. Just so, wait, did you like this movie, Ongbok 3? Uh, I I think, no. No. Uh, <laughs> but I enjoyed it very much. Yeah. But do you know what I mean by epic? There's just, like, big things going on. Yeah. Like, like a whole, di- like a kingdom stuff. And then, like, going to a Buddhist temple and, like, become, like becoming one with whatever that is. Just yeah. a lot of craziness. And a crow person, like, dark magic stuff. Yeah. It's crazy. I know. It just, it, it, it stinks because the last movie, he finishes his emotional arc and uh-huh. he, and his finds out his, his basically adopted father killed his father and it's very intense. And then this movie, uh, it just doesn't work 
just it, it's it's a bummer because I just really liked Ong Bak too, and and this one really well, falls yeah, flat. it's just a bummer because like that the second movie was very much about revenge, and this movie it is for a lot of it, but I think he kind of learns to let it go. Yeah, but it but it, because it doesn't feel like a full movie, it just doesn't hit true. Yeah, yeah. I just I just wonder if like. If it was just one movie, if he would still go into, you know, they try to kill him, and then he gets resurrected, and then he just goes and kills the last guy. Not and there's no crow. Yeah, I mean, really, if you cut that down, that would just be like twenty more. But minutes. I do like what they do with the king stuff. But let's get into it. So yeah. he is prisoner, and I like the set. It. it yeah. I'm cur- I'm wondering if that's historical. Yeah. Uh, it's like walled in sort of yeah but it's a very interesting way and then he is like being held up by chains and people are just hitting him with sticks and there it's the 13 punishments yeah it's like they just hit him until he dies and then he of course starts fighting yeah pretty cool action with the chains yeah um and i said arbitrary action rule one chains are always cool especially when you turn them into like boxing gloves Uh uh-huh because he whips them around and starts punching people with the chains Uh that's always gonna work for me yeah and cool just action limitation stuff his feet are also chained so he has limited limited mobility and he's still doing some pretty cool stuff but he becomes overwhelmed yeah and they they he's still captured and they did a very weird thing where the final like blow that he's dealt, it turns into nighttime. Did you notice that? It was well, like it makes me think that he was fighting all day. Yeah, but it was so random. I know. I I it felt like they it was a reshoot or the, a weird creative decision that didn't really make any sense. I feel like weird creative decision. Probably that. But he is. Th- so then the king dude is like crush every bone in his body. And it really looks like they're succeeding in that. Yeah. It's very gory. It's very gory. It's pretty intense. Yeah. Um, we saw the Northman this week that, that we're recording this. And I was sitting by this woman and the movie is incredibly brutal. And I, I wonder how she'd do with this movie. Cause every time something brutal happened, she, she covered her eyes, <laughs> <laughs> which was kind of the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Kind of like, why'd you come to this movie? <laughs> but I mean, anyway. Alex, Alex Karsgård. Yeah, probably. But she was with, kidding, I think, I a boyfriend kidding. or no, something. I know, and yeah. when when they left, I I couldn't tell, but it almost looked like his expression was like, oh, crap. Oh, really? <laughs> like, I shouldn't have, br- I shouldn't, this isn't a great date night movie. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe what really, no, I'm, I'm, Maybe, just, I'm probably reading into yeah. it, but. Go ahead. What were you going to say? I mean, but she was probably so excited because she probably heard that at the very end of the movie, two men fight naked in a volcano. Huge spoilers, Jordan. I guess it's It's July when this comes out. It's pretty far after. And that doesn't spoil anything that's happening. I just said two naked men fighting a volcano. If that doesn't get you to want to watch the movie, I don't know what else will. Yeah, and Jordan... Jordan kind of said it like, oh, brother, two men fighting naked in no, a volcano. No, what I mean by it. And what I say is, this movie's got two men fighting <laughs> know, naked in a volcano. But when the movie ends, I turn to Micah and I say, kind of silly, right? Yeah. Two naked men yeah. fighting in a volcano. But I, I think it was epic and crazy and stuff. Well, like I was talking about, uh, if, if you look at The Lighthouse and The Northman, I think Robert Eggers is kind of a silly guy. Mm-hmm. I think he's a little bit like, wouldn't it be sort of funny if there were two naked men fighting in a volcano at the end of this? And people will not take it that way, but I'll be winking at the people who who mm-hmm. think that that's funny mm-hmm. and kind of goofy. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so then we see this hospital, this outdoor hospital. Yeah. And there's kind of a nice, it's like a one shot. Yeah, it's a long shot. Where it shows all these people who are They're like in roll, pain. Rolling around in misery. And you don't really know what's happening. And then a couple other people are like praying to a, a statue. Yeah. Or giving reverence to it. And I think one of those women is like um, a medicine woman. Yeah. Um, and then these other two dudes are like walking and is like, what's going on? And it's like, don't you hear that the curse? These people all have a curse. That was yeah. put on the land. Now. Okay. Yeah. So they, they mentioned the curse and I'm going, okay, cool. I'm up for a good curse in a movie. Let's go. V- 
very confused at how the curse worked in this movie. Well, this, I think, is one of the ad- added things. I do think yes. that if the second movie and the third movie were one movie, they still would have done the crazy king thing. But uh, uh, without the crow inclusion. Because without the crow inclusion, because in this movie, there's like a flashback to something that was not in the second movie, yeah. which always makes it a little confusing for me. Um because it's yeah, like, if, yeah, it that was, makes sense. if these two movies are so interconnected and this wasn't included in the last movie, maybe this is all added, I guess. But yeah. the the bad guy King from the last movie is still King. Yeah. And there's a flashback to him and a ton of other like Kings. And then there's like one big King. And well, it's almost like they're Lords of their lands. Yes. And then the King of the like country or whatever. And there. so then this King guy is like, they're all like taking a, a drink, like a toast or something. And he's like, anyone who betrays me will be cursed and like, follow me. And, and I'm the best. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then he drinks from his cup and is poison and dies. And he's telling all of the other people like a curse on you. You yeah. will be miserable forever. So that's why there's a curse on the land. Yeah. Well, so what's confusing about that is I, I, like, I, I just don't, I, I don't, it's just kind of like, here's this guy who's connected to Tien, our main character, the king. He kind of ordered that his, his parents, parents get killed. Yeah. And shot his mom with an arrow. Yeah. So he's important to him. And then he gets this curse from this person that we don't know about or never met. And then, I mean, we know he's like a corrupt guy. And that's part of what leads yeah. him to want to kill his He's dad. like responsible for the all of the issues in the second movie, government-wise. Yeah, but I mean, I just feel like it would be cooler if somehow Tien like sent this curse or or something because it's it's just weird. Or, it's like or the crow is cursing them. But even that, it's just like here's this random random curse that has nothing to do with our main character, and yeah. then it it never really has anything to do with him in the whole entire movie. No, it doesn't at all. Not at all. So that's why I don't like the curse in the movie because it, it doesn't have to do with. I think Tien. it was. I just like the idea. I think it was just like, oh, I haven't really seen this before. I guess where throughout this movie, the the bad guy King uh-huh. is um, going crazy because I he, mean I like he, that. I think it's kind of like one of those things where it's like he's believing in this curse, therefore he is cursed, kind of thing. And then you find out he really is cursed, but right. like. He he's just going crazy and losing control, and I I just haven't really seen that much. So that was what was kind of nice about it. I agree, it wasn't great. Didn't really serve the story at all. Yeah, because then it's like the crow takes over, and it's like you didn't even have to have the other guy. Then you you didn't have to have both, right? To get to the end goal. I mean, I think the main problem is cut the crow from the movie. I agree. And then and then I think it would make them think of the story differently and. It would make a little more sense. Yeah. Um, which is such a bummer because last week we were like, I can't wait to see what that crow's got to do. Yeah. But it just doesn't work. Um, yeah. So, and and my notes about this, Colonel guy is getting cursed because he killed some old guy, blood dripping down from head. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and I was so glad that that was a vision he was having because those elephants, like those stone elephants, like moving around, I was like, that's <laughs> wait okay wait before we let's talk about that in a second so bookmark that but before that happens and this is what also confused me is the crow guy it cuts to the crow guy and he sends like a blast black mist from his tattoos mm-hmm. and i'm pretty sure I, I mean i don't know everything about special effects but it really looked like they added it over the film yeah 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 it looked like the the mist stuff was just like a filter that they put on top because it didn't like interact with a three dimension at all. I think it was. Yeah. And it looked really bad. But yeah, I, but he f- sends it out and then it goes into like the, the monk from the village. Yeah. Oh yeah. This was confusing. And then he like pulls it out of his nostrils, like blows it out of his nostrils and it turns into a leaf and that's it. But then that guy, like <laughs> he, that guy like becomes a monk cause he cuts off his hair. Yeah. Does some other stuff. Gives an offering to a thing that we don't know what it was. Yeah. I yeah. I mean, I had no clue how the old man and this the crow stuff factored made into no it. no sense. And it's like, maybe there's a little bit of context we just aren't familiar with. That's always possible when you're watching an international film. Yes. Yeah. But, th- but then it's also just like, 
it was like this big epic montage. Yeah. And I just don't know what ha- what happened in it. I I think we I mean I suppose that the crow I guess the the crow is the physical manifestation of the curse that the king gave. Uh-huh. But I don't know why he sent the curse to the old man in Tien's village. Maybe I don't he, understand. Maybe he sensed purity. But it uh, yeah, it it was it truly lost me there. And and at this point, I think we're like 20 minutes into the movie and I was kind of like, what is this movie? I know. Like I don't have anything and to Tien's latch on to yet. in it for like the good f- yeah. like for a lot of the first part of the movie, but he is like basically dead. Yeah. And he is going to be executed. Uh, beheaded and yeah. this ceremony is happening and this guy is like bringing down the sword on his neck and someone says stop yeah i like, have a scroll from the from the kingdom that says that this prisoner is to be taken away yeah which i don't really know why didn't explain that didn't understand how that other than like that person was just working undercover and forged the king's signature i'm not really sure yeah. But he got him. And so then he goes to the village. But before we talk about that, let's talk about the king's crazy vision. Yeah. So, like, blood starts pouring down. I, I mean, we should call him the Lord. Okay. Because there is, like, a king character. So the Lord is, like, he's got blood dripping down his head. And then he starts seeing his kingdom, like, literally crumbling. Uh-huh. And it's some of the worst special effects you could see. Yeah. I mean, this is... In the last movie, we talked about how there were touches of kind of like silly CGI, but this is like if they took that and then they made like whole sequences. This is why I think they had just a significantly less amount of money for this movie. Totally. But he has these elephants that are these statue elephants and they come to life. Folks, folks, it's bad. But it's one of those things where this is me as a movie. You're always trying to give the movie credit. Uh-huh. It's a vision. It would maybe it does look like that. What what when he did open his eyes and it wasn't literally happening, I was like, okay, I can forgive this, but me, it's me ugly. Yeah, it's really it's ugly. And like throughout the movie, crows are flying around him and they look so bad. Yeah, they don't look good. And they're doing like any any uh, Evan Grayson and I discovered this. Uh, like any music video, like for rock band music video from like the two thousands has crows in it. No, oh, no, okay. but they have they have this weird. It's like, oh, whoa! See, everyone can use CGI now. Oh, and yeah! It'll have like the band in like a gross looking field with like the worst sunset behind them or something. For a great example, look up "Trains Calling on Angels," a pretty freaking great song. But then you just see like everything is CGI around them, but it looks so gross. Mm-hmm. It is like so hard to look at. Mm-hmm. And most bands have a video from that time period that looks like that. Especially like emo bands and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. They all have these just awful... uh, I don't know what that was. I think it was just a fad. They have that in this movie. Like every every backdrop that's CG and stuff has that look to it. I feel like a lot of the Sky stuff was digital or color corrected. I don't think so. I think it was like... That was like replaced with like a digital background kind of thing. Okay, but do you know what I mean though? By like the sky, did sky doesn't get the colors? I feel like that I saw, like the types of blues looked weird. Oh yeah, yeah, it's all. Uh, it's yeah, all I, I suppose maybe they are just like pump up the blues or something weird like that. But oof, man, oof, man. Um, we find out that only the crow can break the curse, is what the crow tells the Lord. Yeah. Which further confuses it because I think I feel like he is the curse, but he's like only well, I can. Well, I mean, it. I think he is the curse, but I think he also like he practices dark magic. Yeah. So that that's why at the end of the movie, when it, it's all like taken away from him because he fails, which right. means he he never owned any of it. He was just bestowed with it. Yeah, I guess so. But then I wrote the Wickerman attack. Yeah, so Tien is at the like outdoor hospital place slash village, and the right. people, uh, Pim, his, his childhood friend, now a woman, <laughs> is there, <laughs> um, and they're all, like, the monk guy is, like, saying, like, we're going to restore him, and through all of our faith and hope, we'll, it'll, like, we need to, like like, guide his soul back to his body. 
Yeah. So it's like love he's, that idea. He's like basically dead, but like hanging on by a thread. Um, and then while he's there, the Wicker Man dudes show up to try and get him back, uh-huh. and everyone's fighting them. Yeah. That's it, what it is. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Um, did you feel like the fighting in this movie wasn't nearly as exciting as yeah, one or two? Yeah. Well, this scene didn't have Tony Jaw, so it wasn't as exciting. Yeah. It wasn't bad. Like it's better than a lot of like blockbuster action that I see. Oh, but it's still like they're great sequences. A guy comparatively, got his co- throat but... cut on bamboo. Come on. Yeah. You don't. You're not cool. seeing that in a Marvel movie. No, you're not. Um. <laughs> but yeah, it's just not as exciting because you don't have Tony Jaw. Yeah, and it, it it does feel like they didn't have time to choreograph like really crazy stuff. True. It, I also th- feel like because this is like pretty special effects heavy, they like were. It almost felt like they were more interested in that. Yeah. Than the action in some cases, like later on when the crow was fighting like the lords dudes at his temple. Uh-huh. There's a lot of just like quick cuts that I feel like wasn't there in the last two movies. Yeah. yeah Which it- kind of sucks because that guy's like a special or a martial arts star, you know? Yeah. It doesn't feel like he's, especially with what you were reading and stuff, it doesn't feel like he's had quite the career that, that maybe they had hoped. I mean, yeah. I, I could be wrong because, I mean, I'm obviously not. Well, from what I briefly saw, arts, I'm not but, sure if he's ma- he's broken out into the um, international scene. Yeah. What was weird, too, is when they fought at the end, Um, there was something about that fight that I, it was like, here's these two great martial artists, and it kind of felt like, uh, like you could almost see in certain moments that they were trying to hit their marks instead of acting and fighting, which was just odd because I felt like when you have two like top of the line martial artists, you shouldn't be able to see that they're practicing where they're supposed to hit and stuff. I don't know if I feel that way. There, there were just a couple of shots where I was like, "Oh, that that doesn't uh, uh, that's not very. It doesn't feel. It feels like you're holding back your blows and you're not." I don't know if I feel that way. Okay. And maybe it was because Tony Jaw is now like he's fighting defensively. Yeah. Maybe it was that. I think so. Um, because like his fighting he's not, style, he's not fighting to kill anymore. Yeah, this fighting style in this movie wasn't nearly Muay Thai as is fun. Not fun when it's not violent. Not nearly as many knee kicks. Yeah, but there were some in this movie. There were still a couple, but not as much as Micah wants. So they, the the good guys beat the bad guys in the scene, and Tien is. Then, then I think we have a montage of them like like restoring Tien, like taking care of him. And I think this was cool. But also, I just don't quite understand this. And I don't know if it's a movie thing or if it's a cultural thing. Okay. But uh, they are part of them like restoring and like having faith in him is they're like building a statue. That is yeah. him. Yeah. They're making Ongbok. And people are giving offerings of gold and uh special materials uh to be melted down and turned into the statue of Ongbok that we know and love today and i'm just i'm just kind of confused of like why did they choose to make this man like from what i understand a holy deity well i think that the like by making the statue and presenting their offerings and it's kind of sweet like the girl gives up her sleigh bells that she mm-hmm. got and melts them down I think it is they're they're trying to like navigate the soul back to his body. Yeah, and I think it's also like in the last movie, while he was pretty violent and everything, he was like he like represented this plan of people that are being marginalized. Yeah, and trying to be wiped out. Yeah, um, and so he's protecting them because yeah. I mean, like in the first movie, that 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 village is like Ongbok is there. is like the god of that village from my understanding and to have his head taken away is like they took like that god is no longer present and can no longer protect them and that member in the first movie their land is cursed or or like they're going through a drought yeah and all that stuff and it's related to ongbok being stolen yeah which i mean the the thing i do like about this movie on a broad strokes level is one if we went back and watched ongbok muay thai warrior we would think to ourselves, oh, this is cool. Now now I understand why it's so important that they have to have the statue back. Yeah, it's fun to have the context because for me, you know, I, I'm not 
Buddhist. I don't know a lot about Buddhism, but I do know like these statues and stuff. And for one to be stolen, it's like, that is a big deal. It's bad. It's really old. Yeah. You know, it's like, I, I, but is it a big enough deal to like take a one man war on like the gangs of Thailand? Not to me, but then it's like, no, it is. It is just, he needs to get this back. Right. And I, I think most of that is cultural for us, but but with this movie, it's like, no, there's this huge story of this man, Tien, and they, they need to get it back. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing I like about it is I, I do like the broad strokes of he does, like, achieve enlightenment, so it feels like he earns his god godshipness that yeah. is thus put into the statue. Yeah. So I like that. I just don't think the movie does a good job of getting him there. Yes, and I think I've just never seen something that's happened while a person is still alive. Because uh, everything that I've known about Buddhism are gods that were alive or that were around like thousands of years ago. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying even, I don't even think that they're thinking that he's a god. It's just yeah. like a representation of his spirit and his soul. And his spirit and his soul will continue co- to protect them long after he's gone. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I think a lot of what I'm saying in it is just like, oh, she just doesn't understand what a lot of Buddhism is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think a lot of this is going over my head because of that. Yeah. Um, but the girl Pim. Yeah. She dances in front of the statue, mm-hmm. so she's like giving her her art and her joy to the statue, and then um, Tian awakens. His soul has found his body, and and he's not happy about it. Yes. And and this is when the movie like comes to a screeching halt. Uh, yeah, I because in my head, like what I saw was he comes back to life, one training montage, one pep talk, maybe two pep talks. He goes, has one fight, then one big fight. That's what I thought was going to happen. I was sorely mistaken. Yeah, because he he gets up and he sees Pim and she's trying to help him because he has like atrophy in his body and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and she's like trying to sing him back to life in a scene that is goofy to say Mm -hmm. the least and it it should be really dramatic and his hands are like 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 his body's like oh it's stuck in rigor mortis really because he's dead yeah um and so he's trying to like bring the life back and he can't do it and he's holding his body in in these interesting positions and she's like singing this song and and it feels like a different movie would have had a scene where maybe when they were younger, they sang a certain song. Oh, yeah. And this, it just sounds like, and, and I don't know, because I don't know the, the style of music. You also don't know the or language. Anything. Don't know the language, but it sounds like she's just singing like something she's making up on the spot. That's uh-huh. how, it, that's the, how it feels to me. So it's kind of like, okay, the, uh-huh. <laughs> whatever. And then he gets mad, like throws her out. He's like, no way. And then he decides to kill himself. By jumping off a cliff. So he goes to this cliff. He he first looks at the statue. Yeah. And, and then he goes to the cliff. And I wish I knew the actor's name, but the guy from Ong Bak Won who has the crazy hair in this movie. George. George. We could just call him George for this. I am still going to look it up, though. Okay. But George sees him. Pech Tai Wong Kamalo. Come Lao. Okay. Pech Tai. His name's Men in the movie. Okay, Men. Uh, Men sees him at the cliff, and he's... I I like... Again, I like the idea of this scene, but I think what they're doing with Men is so... uh, The acting is so bad and poorly written that it doesn't work. But I like this idea where he goes to the cliff, and Men says, Oh, I'm going to jump off with you, too. Mm Mm-hmm. Which kind of deflates the moment already for him as he's going to, like, take his life, you know? And then he looks over the edge and he's like, no, I'm not going to jump off. No way. That's crazy. You'd be crazy to jump off that. I like the idea of that because then the the monk comes up and he goes, men is wiser than you've been and he's the lunatic of the town. Yeah. And I actually didn't realize they were going for that. Yeah. Until he clarified the monk. Yeah. Um. So he's just saying, like, he has more wisdom than you in this moment. Yeah. I like the theme of that. Mm-hmm. Again, it's just not done well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just uh, jarring. 
And then the monk starts talking to him about that your name means light and light means wisdom. Uh-huh. Basically saying like you have a, oh, he, he says a lot too, like you were born under an ominous sign, which I think he's trying to say that is explains the suffering that he's gone through. And they don't show us the sign or make any other allusions to it. He just says that. Well, that's another cultural thing that I think you and I just don't know. Yeah. Um, I mean, if we're going to spend this much time on tattoos and a curse, why don't you show us that ominous sign? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But I, I think, it, uh, simply put, it just is an explanation for the pain and suffering he's endured. Yeah. Um, but but at the same time, his name means light and wis- and light means wisdom basically saying like you have the opportunity like like it's within you to be wise yeah so open your eyes pretty much uh-huh and i like i like what he says it's kind of just a classic kind of cliche thing but he, the the sun rises and he's like look at your shadow and he says wherever you see a shadow cli- light is nearby right so whenever whenever you're at your darkest point wisdom is right around the corner love that yeah that's great um and then we have, he goes to this temple out in the woods, and he begins to meditate. Yeah. Now, in this Another montage. meditation scene, it's really long, and there are folks three in a row different music cues, mm-hmm. which was wild to mm-hmm. me. So the music builds, you know, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da, and then it's like, Da, 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 and then one more time it changes and he's it's it's like almost cool but it's mostly him just like stretching i know <laughs> you know and so at first it's kind of cool but then when you see when the scene's like three or four minutes long it's like it feels like we're watching hot rod fall down the the hill in and, hot rod no, yeah it does because then we follow it up with pim comes back in the picture <laughs> yeah. and it's like you know, you're doing so well. Let's dance together. And they dance for minutes. It's and the so camera long. just continues to twirl and twirl it's and twirl. So long. And it's again with the music cue. The music makes you think that every couple seconds it's the end of the scene. Yeah, because it's it, like after four measures, it like builds and then and it starts sucks, the four measures again. What and sucks is I like it, but it, I like the meaning. Yeah. Of it and stuff of them like dancing together because in the second movie he was at a dance school and through by this movie he understands how important learning to dance was because it, it kind of coincides with martial uh-huh. arts. Um, but they just dance together for so long. So long. And, and it's just, it, we started laughing because it seriously is like, okay, this is it. What? <laughs> this is it. What? Yeah. Um, it, it, it really... It feels like we're watching MacGruber or Monty Python or something at this point. Yeah. Um, that one in, in the Holy Grail when the guy's running across the field. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, who's that over there? Where's he at again? And then the the, the guys start like itching their heads and stuff like, is this guy ever going to run? And then he's all of a sudden there. And then he just kills everyone in the castle. <laughs> including like the princess i think yeah oh man that's about as funny a movie as it gets um and then after he does that he meditates again oh gosh and yeah. it's like i mean this this to me reeked of oh this truly was they didn't like this feels like they made ong bak too it was supposed to be just one movie and then they had some unused footage they shot some and then they're like Oh crap! They they get to the edit. They have thirty minutes to fill. Yeah, and they're like, let's do another montage, because so some this, of them are like basically the same things that they're showing over is and over. Is this third montage when he has the beard? Sometimes. So yeah, this is what's weird about the third montage. I understand they have the beard because of passage of time, but so he has somewhat of facial hair, and then a little bit later on, he's got a pretty thick beard, and then a little bit later on, no beard anymore. And then a little bit later on, he's got the beard again. Uh, what? Well, and and that's why I'm saying, like, they probably shot two montages, and then they're like, we got to pad this out. Just put but some they, of the but other they stuff. they could be smart and under, like, like logical of when, the, I don't know, the chronological order of the, the beard thing. It was so weird. Let's get to the crow thing again, though. Um, yeah, because they visit the crow. So the, the, the Lord king, the Lord visits, visits the, crow. the crow. He is going nutso, butso, and he goes in the temple, 
and this is also a very drawn out scene. And I, I literally had to plug my ears last night. Oh yeah, there was a lot of tinnitus sound like for minutes. It was so long. I was thought I was hoping just uh, gore wise that his head was gonna like explode or something because it was get it was like for that long. Uh-huh. And this movie is so fan- fantasy that I just thought yeah, the baby's yeah, head yeah. would explode, but it didn't. Um, and it's just go and and because I had seen the montages, I'm like they're not gonna turn off the tinnitus sound. It's just gonna be on for like this whole sequence. So and it was that's going on forever. And then the crow is like basically takes the guy's power, but yeah. all he really does is say, says it, and then he just starts fighting. Yeah. Not That's a great fight sequence. Not great. However, I think some of the set stuff was fun. It's cool that he's punching people so much that it's moving like three-ton bricks. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, not super exciting. And then he decapitates the Lord. And this, you will always get points from oh, me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When someone's decapitated head is on the ground and the body is still standing for minutes. And the head is still talking. Yeah. And he's saying, I curse you. You will find misery, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I'm like, just keep talking. Okay, so now back to Northman. I didn't ask you this. What did you think of the, uh, a spoiler for Northman, of the Willem Dafoe head? Ta- I said I him. said that I loved it. Okay, cool. I loved it. It was so cool and gross. Yeah, it was nasty. And I love that it was still being used for magical purposes because he cuts off part of a little, like, couple pieces of his hair and throws it in the fire. Yeah. Love it. Um, did you notice though, that that snake was not real? I didn't notice that. I'm pretty sure that snake wasn't real when he was holding it. Because his, his fingers looked weird. Oh, it fooled me. I thought that was a real and snake. And maybe it's, maybe it's real and it's just one of those weird things yeah. where like, the lighting makes it look fake. I, isn't but I that felt weird? like it wasn't real. Sometimes when you watch something and you're like, oh yeah, that's definitely not real. And then you find out like it it is real. That yeah. that's, that's when I'm like, I guess CGI is really gotten crazy if, if I think something's fake when that's it's not. That's very true. Because I, I could have sworn that snake was real. Yeah. Hmm. Did we talk about how cool the night was? The night fight? And like the underground? Oh, that was probably my favorite part of the movie. Me too. The I most, the was, most Green they... Knight-esque moment. Yeah. It did make me just want to watch Green Knight. But yeah. um, was uh, were they in a boat? Oh, I think they may it have been. It kind of looked like a boat. Gosh, it was so cool. Yeah. That is a good usage of a fight sequence that happens and he wins. And then we find out that it didn't actually happen. But it did. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I, I like I like how it is in that movie because uh sometimes like in this movie when they do that. So in, in Ongbok three, there's a there's a scene like in Twilight, like you said, where he imagines everything that's going to happen and then he makes a different decision. Mm-hmm. And in Northman, the same thing happens. But to me, I it made me feel like it actually did happen. It was a test. And he did fight him and he did defeat him and now he's just getting the sword. And it's like it's like the creature like resets or something. I don't know. Yeah. It, 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 to me, I took it as like he literally did fight him. Yeah. But he also like metaphorically fought but I, him. Yeah, I think it's like body, mind, and spirit bested him yeah it was Pretty so cool. cool and i was glad that they didn't that it was a real person in a costume and it looked really good yeah like they obviously like there were some things that were like no that is a skeleton you can like see the bones but i thought the costume was cool and it looked really good so where do you stand real. on Northman now it's been a few days i was still fine yeah but it, but like i said great movie not my thing wow i think it i think it's bumped up I since i've seen it would so i like want to watch the green knight now yeah, I, I do like, like the Green Knight more. more. The ending of the Green Knight's just such a great ending to a I, movie. I gotta see the Green Knight again. Like, the, yeah. the the character of. I gotta see that thing again. Oh, yeah. Well, and, you know, there's... And isn't that the guy? There's no eye strain when you're looking at Dev Patel, either. <laughs> <laughs> is, uh, is the guy who plays the Green Knight the guy that's in all the Robert Egger movies? Yeah. Well, I guess not Lighthouse. He w- oh, I th- he might have been in, but he was in the Northman. He was in the Northman at the end, and I we were getting pretty far in the movie, and I'm like, no, that guy has to be in here, and I have to not understand a word he says. Well, I I like how that guy with the really low voice, and then the queen in um in uh, Green Knight is like, if you were doing a period the piece, the she's she's the mom and the witch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like if you're doing something that's old or medieval, you have to cast those two actors for some reason. Yeah. They have like they have the look. They, and yeah, and they just have like 
You know, she was in the North Man. Because she was in North Man. Wait, who, the She's mom in the, in the Green Knight? That's not his mom. Is, no, no, the queen. She's the queen in, in the Green the Knight. The queen, I'm sorry. His yeah, mom yeah. is like the witch person yeah, yeah, in right. the Green Knight. But it's like, if you're doing that, you just have to hire those two actors. It's like in a, there's like a Hollywood contract out mm-hmm. there where it's like, okay. Well, I mean, that is just typecasting. I'm making or a character acting medieval movie. And then this guy pops out of nowhere and he's like, okay, these two actors are available. And you just sign right there. And they'll play the the smallest role or the largest role. Mm-hmm. They're cool, and they'll they'll be great. I really should learn their names. I'm a big fan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he is in Harry Potter. Yeah, it, he. Let's see. Testing me. He is one of the Death Eaters. Yes. And he's introduced in Half Blood Prince. I actually don't remember, but I n- remember when he dies. Yeah, which is in part two. But he, but he, he doesn't have like much. He's like, he's like, no. he's like basically an extra. But he shows up in like Helena Bonham Carter's crew when they go to uh, they kill that, the Dumbledore that alley at the beginning of Half Blood Prince. I think I'm pretty sure. Okay. And there's also the scene with Malfoy. Yeah. Up in the I'm sure you're right. Up in the meeting. Mm-hmm. That's Half Blood Prince, right? Yeah. When they kill Dumbledore. And he's he's sending the portals back and forth. Malfoy. Oh, you mean the Room of Requirement? Yeah. Requirement? No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, where he'll yeah. send like the birds and the yeah, because they're testing it because that's how the yeah. Death Eaters get in. Half Blood Prince is cool. Yes, it is. Maybe that. Maybe no wonder people like that that episode the most of our episodes. It's I think it's movie. like one of the mood, like the biggest mood shift in the series. Yeah, but I think it was kind of gradual throughout. Yeah, to me, I don't, I don't really see like a big demarcation. It's just like each one is a little bit darker and moodier um anyway uh so then (laughs) tien is in the jungle and he has continued to meditate Mm -hmm. and then the um men comes up and he's like hey there's some people here oh yeah and he gets surrounded by all these guards and he starts fighting them yeah now this fight's cool but it has a huge flaw in it Every single time Tien makes a move, it cuts to men who then does the same move and is like beating up this guard next to him, all comedic relief. And it just kind of breaks the tension of the fight. Yeah. Very awful. Yeah. Uh, What could have been good. Then Tien goes to the village and the whole village is destroyed. And everyone's like either murdered or kidnapped. Yeah. And slaves now. And so they start fighting in the village, the people that he fought in the jungle. Uh And one of them cuts at him and he dodges and it cuts across the statue, which I believe either the word Ong or the word Bach means the like God or statue. And then the word Ong or Bach means scarred. Oh, really? So it's it's so Ong Bach means scarred like God or something like that. Oh, interesting. Um, but it was weird when you look it up. It's hard to find anything that's not about the movie. But it's not real. Well, I think I think box are real, or maybe ongs are real. Hang on, let me let me look it up. But I'm saying like this deity is made up. Yes, ong bok meaning. So ong is a classifier uh, for Buddha images or statues. Hmm. Um, and then bok means etch or to score. For example, your name on a rock. So yeah, I I think that like in a literal translation, yeah, Ong Ong refers to the Buddha image of this village. Bach or Roy Bach means scar or mark. So it's like a scarred Buddha image. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is when the Ong receives the Bach. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, and 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 it works. It works. And yeah. and it's and for a movie that's kind of weirdly. Uh, indulgent and over the top and a lot of other things they they kind of just show the scar the statue and then they're done i mean i really yeah it was refreshing just how we were talking about how prequels are just obsessed with explaining things it's just like and it happened yeah oh thank goodness but i i I mean my huge takeaway from this i know we still have a couple scenes to talk about is is i just really think with with series that maybe don't have a clear like sequel path but you want to live in that world consider do doing something like this that's really out there yeah um wait what what do you mean i don't know like like i'm just 
spitballing here, but and and I'm not familiar with this, so maybe this is a bad idea. But instead of making a Ghostbusters kids movie, why don't you be like, hey, there were some Ghostbusters in the 1800s or something? Oh, I don't know. Like, oh, okay. Like do something like that, what Back to the Future did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like go do do something in the past or way in the future, something that that loosely relates, but maybe is is more of a I just think weird is, spinoff. I think it's always way more interesting to do something way in the past. Yeah. I think because we have something to hold on to yeah. in history than when you do something like way in the future. I, I think you just get obsessed with explaining how things work. Yeah. And I guess the Terminator movies have fallen prey to that. Yeah. They go to the future and it never really works. No. Um, but, and I, I still haven't fully seen the back to the future three. But it is yeah. like that's exciting. They yeah. go to the Wild West. Yeah. Yeah. But I but I just I just really like how it's only wait, this wait, wait, statue wait, wait. that connects these these movies. The Ghostbuster, that movie's not a prequel though. No. I oh, okay. I was just spitballing like like if just you're gonna instead of. Yeah, instead of because yeah. You know, right now we're in this time, and we're going to talk a lot about it next week because next week we're doing The Force Awakens and jumping back into Star Wars. Is like we're in this time where there's this reboot mentality where you take a series that everyone loves. I mean, they 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 reboot Mighty Ducks on Disney Plus. You know what yeah. I mean? Like everything has to start over, and it has to simultaneously like appease the legacy of all these characters and it has to create a new generation and i think force awakens does it really well but that's like the rare exception i will say too after just saying that going way into the past is like so much more interesting while i still do agree with that fantastic beast sucks and that's way in the past but see like if if harry potter i mean we've already pitched a better version of those movies but if they if they did say like what was it like the first year that the school existed or something. Stuff that doesn't like directly affect Harry Potter or characters we know, but it's the same world. Maybe there'd be less... And we know because of books that there, is co- there was conflict over that with the, yeah. four, the four people. Like having something that's that's a little less... I mean, that that's why I, I'm nervous about the Lord of the Rings show. Uh-huh. But the fact that it's thousands of years before The Hobbit even... It can't even touch it is how I feel. Yeah, it's like, I don't think they're going to spend their time being like, and he's going to give birth to Gimli. Did you hear that, guys? Gimli! Yeah. Or, or or something like that. It'll probably just be their own stories, but the same world that we love. Mm-hmm. Middle Earth. With with some um, sets that we are used to seeing. Yeah. And if that show is good and successful, hopefully, like Force Awakens, it'll spur people to go, oh, this is a different alternative approach to sequels that we can take. Uh-huh. I would hope. And then maybe we'll finally get a Dark Tower show, a show run by that <sighs> one guy that I can't remember his name. Yeah. I But I also don't even, after don't. after seeing that Dark Tower movie, I'm just like, you know what? It, it, they're great books. It's my favorite series. Let's just leave it be. Yeah. I don't need to see it because it'll never be filmed in a way that I would enjoy. And guys, this is why we talk about franchises. It's why we do. And and that's a a great little uh, plug for for next week when we jump back into Star Wars. We're really going to be diving into a lot of craziness, and I can't wait to rewatch all those movies. And it's the month of July, and on Patreon, guess what? We covered the Clone Wars movie. So go to Patreon.com/slash Micah Macaw. There's uh there's a link in the episode notes, and uh it's as little as three dollars a month. And we're trying to get to fifty patrons this year. Um, once we get to 50, we're going to do an extra episode in addition to our extra episode where we cover every single Pixar movie. So help us get on that journey. Help us get to where this is all we do with our lives is make music and art, baby, and uh, uh, podcast too, mm-hmm. of course. Let's get back to this movie, though, because we're so, right there. So Tian comes to this uh, the Crow's Kingdom, and you see that there are slaves everywhere, and they're like building... And they kill an a elephant. They, oh yeah, there's definitely some weird. There's some animal abuse stuff. on this movie. Is well, I mean, they don't literally kill an elephant, but I'm, but there is just some weird. Like, I just don't know. I just don't. I'm not sure if that elephant was not under stress. 
No, the, yeah, I don't see how you could film these sequences without it being some form of like animal abuse. Yeah, but just some bad, classic bad stuff going on. And Tian shows up and is like, I'm setting everyone free. You're evil, but I'm going to do it in a nice way. <laughs> and the crow is like, I'm evil and you're never going to thwart me. And then uh, they get Pim up there uh-huh. and they slice her throat open and she dies. And it's like, wow, they just did it. Oh, wait, before that, actually, there was intense, long zoom-ins on Tien's, to their pupils. on Tien's pupils and then to the crow's pupils. And it was zoom-ins that are like Vic Burger level, where it's like, this is not a true zoom-in. It is zoom in on a f- on footage. Yeah, it, they they are like in Final Cut, like zooming into the already zooming in image, and it looks bad. And it, it gets a little pixely as it it's gets bad. further along. It's it's but rough. Then Tien goes cuckoo crazy and starts killing people, and it's brutal yeah. and bloody. What do you think of this action? I thought it was fine. I mean, it, it was fine. It, it was just uh, by now I was kind of like pretty done with the movie. Um, yeah. And but also I was like, thank goodness Tony Jaw is finally fighting people. I know he did f- do some fights earlier in the movie, but it just. Yeah. It, and it felt a little too quick in a lot of ways. Well, I think because we were waiting for it for the whole movie. Yeah. But yeah, so he murders a lot of people. And this is when you find out it's all a vision. And that none yeah. of that happened. And then him and the crow just start fighting. But right before that happens, the I can't remember exactly how it happens, but all of the evil powers leave the crow. And he gets electrocuted. And he gets electrocuted. Like he gets shot by lightning. That's what that usually means. Well, well I guess not all. I didn't define what it was, so You're right. Um You're right. They, no, you're right. <laughs> I'm you, wrong. Thank you. And they fight for a while. And um I just I just thought the fight would be cooler if they're you know, if this studio is like, here's our new martial arts star, and I here's Tony I just think they're out of ideas at this point. Yeah. I really do. But I thought it was cool when the crow threw a spear at him. I and like, I like, I like how yeah. that was shot. Yeah, because it looks like he he got him. Uh huh. And then it, the camera pins around, and he's he's got it, but it touched him a little bit, so he's bleeding. It's like his hands. Yeah. But yeah, they fight, and uh, the crow like falls off a ledge onto an elephant's tusk. Not, I was afraid that it was going to be like on an actual elephant, but the tusk was no longer part of the elephant. Yeah, thank goodness. Um, and he dies, and it's one of those things where it's like you know, I feel like Tiana's reached this place where it's like he he uses his body as a weapon, all this stuff, but he doesn't need to kill anymore. He's above it. Yeah. So this guy just fell to his death. Right, right. <laughs> and then and then it just shows him at the top of a mountain and like pop music starts playing. Yep. And he he's just practicing martial arts. Uh-huh. And it, it was a pretty lame ending to the series. Um Such a bubber. I mean, ranking's pretty easy. Number three is the worst. I think I'm going to put number one next, and I'll put number two at the top. I think I'm going to go three, two, one. Yeah. I kind of, I'm, yeah, but one was pretty freaking good. I just, that, the the street chase scene was just my favorite sequence in the whole movie. Yeah. I, I'm going to stick to two at number top. Yeah. At number top. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, I mean, we covered it as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. One of our shorter eps. How short? We talking. Oh, we're still in the clear. We we breached an hour. But, uh, I mean, when you don't have any actors and you have no production notes, what are you going to do? Yeah. But while this movie wasn't very good, definitely would recommend this series. Yeah. Because well, it's, on a whole, just awesome and cool. And like we said, we said this in the first two movies, too. When you listen to a if you listen to this podcast weekly and you see this movie pop up on Bach and you're like I've never even heard of it I'm not gonna listen to it I know I'm we're now on the third episode so this is kind of pointless to say this but <laughs> yeah. just don't let that just discourage you from just watching something you've never considered watching before yeah yeah just because it's not a big action blockbuster well it but is you'll be seeing action uh, that action you've never seen in your life yeah. But I will say too, um, 
I mean, I would tell people in the future if they were asking about these or something, is I would say just watch one and two. Mm -hmm. Because two, though it has a cliffhanger, it does finish the story, I think. Yeah. And, um, so watch one and two, and then if you're like, if you're if you're just like, ah, I don't care if it's bad or not, I just want to watch. Then watch the third one. Yeah. Uh, but heck of a fun time. I've been meaning to watch Ongbok for, I don't know, six or seven years. And now we got to watch the protectors so we can actually see that one scene, that yes. eight minute shot scene. And we so we will uh, in August next month we will be covering the protector on Patreon. Mm-hmm. So definitely stick around for that. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, next week we head back to Star Wars and we will be covering the remaining five Star Wars movies. And I think... We asked for it, we answered. And I think Thor's going to be sometime this month. And uh, I think Puss in Boots is coming out here pretty soon. So there's a lot of new releases too. But you and I still got to watch Doctor Strange this week. Mm -hmm. As of recording. As of recording, the movie's not even out. But you, the listener, listened to that episode two months ago. Do you think this is annoying for them to hear this? Or I think they're sitting there going, wow, I love how I love to hear how they work. They're so prepared. Yeah. We got some vacations coming up, so we got to make sure we're, we're uh, booked. booked ahead. Yeah. So thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you. Uh, le- leave us a review, please. Yeah. Five stars. Apple. Bye. Let us know what your best uh, stunt was in this series. Okay. Bye. <laughs>